Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Don't forget, you can follow her on Facebook at The Greyhound Girl. On this episode of the podcast, I catch up with the co-breeder, co-owner, rarer and breaker of multiple Group 1 winner, now outstanding sire Shimmer Shine, David Gleeson. Dave and I had a great chat about how he first got involved in greyhound racing, his incredible run of success in the industry and what it was like to first put the lead and collar on Shimmer Shine. He gave out some very helpful advice for anyone looking to become involved in any aspect of the industry, including breeding, rearing, breaking and training. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it as it's one of my all-time favourites. Going back to the um, start of your involvement in greyhound racing, take me back to when it all started for you and, and how you first got involved and, you know, what aspect did you get involved? Were you a, Did you start out as an owner or a trainer? Well, first of all, I started off as a kid, you know, that is my father had a dog, you know, that he bought uh, for me, you know, to the, because I had a fox terrier dog that got run over and, you know, we're all sad about that naturally. Yep. And we lived in the country up near Colac and uh, Dad bought this dog for me and he said, what are you going to call him? I said, David's fancy. <laughs> right? So he, he, he raced around Warnable and uh, the old tracks at Maribyrnong and he wasn't a bad performer. He was no world beater, but he was my dog. That's all that mattered. Yep. So as time progressed and that dog left, left town you know we i then i got interested in the dogs again when i was about 18 to 20 and how come that was is that i i was playing football and i hurt me left knee right and they said oh you've got to go under the knife and have the cartilage operation you'll be on crutches for six months and all this sort of stuff and i said no bugger that i'm not doing that i'll get on the push bike so i got on the push bike and rode the bike everywhere and, you know, with a bit of pain, but eventually it, uh, the pain started to dissipate, but I got bored riding the bike, so I said, I'll start walking. Well, if you're walking on your own, you get bored too. So I thought well, the next thing to do is I bought a dog of Tom Murphy and Frank Murphy at Ballarat, right, and I paid an enormous amount of money for him. I paid £3 for him, which in... Today's money was six dollars. Right? <laughs> so this this dog this dog was just a plotter, but what do you know? Just in a small kennel, just this one dog, and I had one other one that somebody had given me, and uh, I got to win with both of them. And this old dog, especially, he wasn't old at the time, uh, but he was a battling dog, and he won probably three or four races for us. So then. We just kept progressing along until I found these two stayers that I used to bring to Sydney, Golden Champ and Worth a Less, right? Anyway, and I had quite a bit of success with them in Melbourne, you know, on uh, at Sandown and Olympic Park in that era. Yep. Then I probably had a little bit of a lull period until I found this magic bitch called Rel Louise. Right, and she got into the Melbourne Cup final. Oh, wow. Two, two years in a row. She started favourite in the final a second time, but 
she ran into the first turn and broke both of them. Uh, I think she ran fourth or something like that. But um, she was, you know, red hot favourite for the final because she was a brilliant beginner. And then I found this other dog called First Promise. And I won the Dave Alexander Memorial at Harold Park with him, right? And I begged, I went to that, um, oh gosh, what's his name now? Um, a famous old committeeman trainer, just can't fit, fit, remember now, but I ended up in Sydney with the dog and left him with, and he thought he was an absolute world beater. And he quite a few races at Harold Park until such time as he tore a muscle in his hip in the top of his triangle area and they weren't as good at repairing dogs as they are today. Yeah. We did get him back home and got him going on three legs and he still won races. He was a great dog, first promise. Yeah. And then I think, I'm just trying to remember, oh yeah, then I, I bought a couple of dogs off people, you know, and... Um, one of them was not Scylla Black. The name of the bitch was Scylla, C-I-L-L-A. And an old guy trained him for me and he took her to Tasmania for the Hobart Thousand. She's favourite for the final. She's trying to barge through on the rails. She stepped over the running rail and got caught on the cable. Oh, right, And it uh, grabbed her left front leg and severed the tendon in her neck that controls the movement of the of the elbow of the dog, you know, when they put their leg forward. Yep. She, she had what you call a swinging straight leg. But me being philosophical, I said, oh, well, she's only had 10 stars, I'll breed with her now because that's what happens with a red-hot good dog. So I bred with her and I got some fantastic dogs out of them. You know, Promised Walk and Sillaback and Bold Trek, they're all in one litter and another couple. And... That set me going on my merry way because Promised Walk then had a bitch called um, Little Promise that won the laurels in 1996. And then I stepped up to In the Frame. Her pups were a bit disappointing because they, uh, they were, you know, the word if was involved. They were yep. iffy. Yep. <laughs> They'd go one day and they wouldn't go the next, you know, and yep. they'd, run a, they'd run a second difference. So then I uh, I um, um, uh, bred Shimagurney because I had a, I had some dogs in Queensland with Eric Castle and Marlene Castle, right? And Eric bred this bitch which was out of one of the portrait lines and her name was Comeuppance, funny name, but... <laughs> She, I knew she could run like the wind, but she'd been involved in a terrible fight with other bitches in a yard where she shouldn't have been, and they ripped her all up, and she, she was stitched up from the tip of her nose to the tip of her tail, but, but uh, in the field she wouldn't really put her foot down yep. at all, but she could stand. And I had another dog out of that same bitch too, which... Again, you know, he ended up a stud dog in Sydney, but I can't remember his name now. You know, you when you're rolling through them litter after litter after litter after litter, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to keep remembering yeah. who they all are. 
Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. obviously... I've, I've got it. And of course, nowadays you can find them because you can print it off. That's right. We were only yeah. saying before, back in the day, you sort of had to do it the hard way. You'd have to um, have a, yeah. a notebook with your stud books and, you know, write yeah, things that's down. Right. You'd have and... big, those big green books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you would have seen them. Some people keep them as uh, memorabilia. But when I then found uh, uh, that... Um, um, you know that bitch. You know the comeuppance one. I bought the. I bought four pups off Eric. I said, "Look, I'll have half. You have half, righto?" So I took on home. Anyway, one of the main corner. He ended up uh, grand of the year at Cranbourne, but he also was a spooky kind of a dog. If you didn't put the snib lead on him, he'd bite your hand. You know, with fear. You know, he was a very fearful dog whatever it was in his makeup right. the only dog ever i had that's like it anyway uh i got machines and machines in her preparation she ran into the fence at the end of the straight track and she did what you call the gladstone small you know she rammed her head into the into the cyclone wire at the end going flat stick and buggered up her neck Right. right. So she always ran with a with a head tilted on the on a, on the side because she had this dysplasia of the discs in her neck. But she left the litter Shimaguni and her brothers and sisters. They could. They were all good. They, there were no dubs amongst them. Yeah. And then Shimaguni, I uh, I bred how many litters? I think I bred four litters out of Shimaguni. And I think I was mentioning them before, but um, the Barsha Bale Shimaguni litter, the um, the first one that I had, that I had, there was Bella Shimmer. She was a very good bitch, and has left pups. Mighty Minnie never ever raced. An old bloke called Kevin Halloran had her, and. I don't know whatever happened. He had an old trainer in Sydney and the old trainer was always on about the calcium level in her bones and all that stuff and said, for God's sakes, run her. Anyway, uh, she's left a few pups. I think Alan Proctor ended up with with them because old Kevin went to God. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, in that same litter, I had a dog called Shimabar. No one wanted him because he was undershot. Right? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Shimabar won the Cause of Thunder in 2017. Yep. Right. And uh, he came back to Melbourne and he was pre-post favourite for the Australian Cup. In the heats of the Australian Cup, he had the pink. He's uh, let go and burst into the first turn. As he did, two dogs collided came out across his left front leg and snapped his leg clean in half. Right? Oh, God. So here they were, they were. The dog was screaming on the track. I was absolutely, um, you know, I just was beside myself. Anyway, what happened was they wanted to put him down. I said, no way, you're not putting him down. So I got him back home eventually Got him to Des Fagan the next morning. He came over at 7 o'clock in the morning to Cranbourne. You know, it was a long way. He lives at Doncaster. And yep. I lived at that And I lived at that time. I forget where I was. I might have been in Mordialic. Anyway, Des 
plated him up, right, and put a big steel bar down the front of his leg and put the screws in and had him like that. And then the uh, then he removed the plate after so long because the healing process, you know, was taking place, except that he had a lot of arthritis with it. So I had him at home for six months on my own in my private house, and I used to... Um, do physiotherapy on him every day and take him to the swimming pool every second day. Wow. Right? So we got, actually got him back to the track. He had four starts. First start, he ran third at Geelong and he was a bit tentative on his leg because he always limped a bit. Yep. So then, he, so then he, at his next start, he won at Geelong and then he, uh, we took him to Sandown and he won again at Sandown, saddled up again the following week at Sandown and he dropped a back muscle. So oh. we so we retired him, but he he didn't get a chance at the stud. He signed a few litters. I think there's a dog going around, might be going around today tonight called Tiger Time. If you look it up, you'll see that dog's name. I don't know how many starts he's had, way over a hundred, but he's won about fifty races. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he's a oh, mighty yeah, he old. has two. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, you're able to pick that up, were you? Yeah, 40, um, yeah. 49 wins he's got from That's 141 right. starts. That's unbelievable. Yeah, in that particular litter too, there's another dog in it called Shimmer Sun. He ended up, he ran off to Tasmania in the national sprint titles and was a very handy dog. But a lady bought, I think she bought three or four of them off me. And you wouldn't believe it. They, whatever happened, whoever was feeding them as mature race dogs for preparation, they got twisted bowel syndrome. And when a, what happens is, if a dog's got a belly full of food, you know, here it is, here's your big tea, and they go woof, 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 and down, yeah. and then they go back into the kennels and they lay on their back with their feet up in the air. What can happen is the food in their gut can go the wrong way and it cuts off the blood supply to the stomach, right? You know, that yeah. artery. Yeah. And uh, bingo, they're dead. Now, Simon told Helen and his little brother, who I forget his name, both of them died from that. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, who told Stevie, I think, was the That's him. Was the fella. That was yeah. him who told Stevie, yeah, yep. that's right. yep. Yeah, no, shocking. Yeah, right. Like I, I've, you know, I've obviously heard people, um, you know, have different, um, uh, I guess, theories or perspectives on what causes it. But yeah, I've never heard it explained like that before. That's yeah, that's a really good point. You well, know, for anyone that doesn't know how it could well, could happen. We did an autopsy. We did an autopsy on one of the dogs, right? Yep. Uh, we did it out. We did it ourselves with the vet, and when he opened him up, his stomach was. Apart from the fact that he'd blown up like a, a balloon, yep. you could see where the food had cut off the artery, arterial supply that either feeds the stomach or whatever part of the body it is, right? And that caused the dog to immediately just, uh, you know, virtually saying, listen, the artery, it's not getting there, so you're dead. Wow. And they can die very quickly. Yes, Yep, I've lost a couple to it, and yeah, no, it's yeah. um, it's pretty scary when it happens. 
It is. It's bloody awful. Yeah, yeah. shocking. Um, I just yeah. wanted to go back to what you said about, um, you know, obviously Shimabar being undershot. Do you know why people seem to shy away from dogs that are undershot? Because I, I hear it a lot too and, you know, yeah. people say about dogs with Roman noses, like we brought a Roman nose dog and, you know, he was a Wenny winner and a 600-metre winner, like nothing, you know, very above average ability. But, I think, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think what it is is that they look ugly, that's all. <laughs> You know, I mean, Roman nose dogs look a bit ugly, don't they? <laughs> well, see, we had that dog who was, uh, there was two out of the litter. I just happened to pick the best two, you know, and they reckon, oh, you're blessed. I had the dog, his name was Shimmer Jake and Shimmer Glow, right, brother and sister, and they were by far in the litter. Uh, they were by Bella Infrared out of Bella Shimmer, who I've mentioned before. Being Shimabar's sister, right? Yep. So, um, yeah, big Jake, he had a funny-looking nose, right? You know, big <laughs> bony nose. Wasn't real hooked over Roman style, but it was still abnormal. But, oh, he was a good dog. You know, yep. he was a very, very good dog. Yep, yep. So, now, t- yeah, tell me about, um, obviously, the, you know, Shimmer Shinies, Barcia Bald's Shimmer Song. You were saying before that you rear your own. Did you? Did he grow up in, in your, at your place? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. How, yeah I've, got a, I've got a photo of him somewhere. Oh, beautiful. I'm kneeling, down, I'm kneeling down beside him uh, when he was, I think, four and a half months old. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so if I find it, I'll, uh, I'll post it. Yes, please. No. I've, I've, definitely, I've definitely got it. It's yep. just I've got, to, I've got to dig it out of the archives, you know. Everyone mm. says about the champion dogs that they notice something special about them, you know, fairly early on. Was that the case with, with you and him? Did you, did you, you know, obviously you, you can't tell it, you know, four or five months old that they're going to be no, you know, multiple group from winners. The time, from the time we got him, from the time we took him to the track for his first hand slip, you know, which at that time was at Cranbourne, uh, you used to just go down to the bottom of the back straight, like, you know, about 30 or 40 metres, so they could run through the big bend and then run up the home straight, which was, say, 200 metres. And um, oh, he used to, uh, his time, his run-home time was as good as what the, just that short sprint, Yep. His run home time was as good as what the free for all dogs were running the three twenty in. Yeah. Not that I I hate short track races. I prefer, you know, four fifties. Yep. Four fifties to five hundred to six hundred. They're me special races. Yep. It's um, you know, like you obviously don't want to get ahead of yourself, but geez, that must have got you excited um, when he was doing that so early on. Yeah. Well, I, d- I didn't go overboard. I just uh, I just thought, oh, geez, this dog's going to be good. You know, that's about that's you know that's about as far as it got, right? So then after that, you know, he was probably about fourteen months old because we didn't want to put him going on the track. You know what what alerted us to the fact that God, this dog's got some speed that when I hand slipped him, right, and I'm watching him, right. And he's come around the bend and he straightened up. Then all of a sudden he went whoosh. You know, he exploded. It was like as if, hello, he's put the afterburners on. <laughs> you know, but that was only a thought after it. I thought, Jesus, this dog. And if you ever looked at any of the replays of his races, 
you'll see whereby he'd be there and he'd get to the front and all of a sudden he'd go whack, yep. you know, and he'd put eight lengths on it. Yep, yeah. yep. See, that, that, you know, what about that young dog Saturday night at the Meadows in race one? Yeah, Kenya Kenya all, all class. class. Yep. How good is he? Yep, 100%. And yeah, he's a, also, see, he's got that... Uh, uh, um, uh, Shimmershine had more acceleration in in the burst when you hit the turbo, you know, <laughs> you know, and the, and the jets had come in. See, like even see even his races at Bulleye, like the first time he ever went to Bulleye, I'd never seen the place, and uh, you know, and he raced like a dog that was all over the shop, you know, like up and down and all that. But then the following week, he just went crunch. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now he won his going back to the start of his career. He debuted in July of twenty nineteen. He won his yeah. first four straight, and then it was just a case of you know he would have you know he wouldn't have any more than sort of one or two you know placings or unplacings, and then it was back on a another winning streak. I mean, when he started off yeah. in his career, did you think okay he's he's definitely sort of heading in the direction that I was sort of hoping he was based on what you'd seen in his hand slips. That's right, exactly. Yeah, no, everything he did, everything he did uh, was sort of quite uh, mind-boggling. You thought, you said, crikey, you know, what have we got here? You know, and uh, Tom Daly also, if if you ever saw an interview from Tom Daly, he was talking to somebody either before or after the race at Wentworth Park, you know, when he was in the million-dollar chase, Tom's opinion of him, and Tom was as such that he didn't really put wraps on dogs. He just, uh, because they had that many good ones, you know, that they'd just say, oh, yeah, he's pretty good, this part, you know. Yep. Whereas Tom was saying he's the best young dog that they've had in a long time. Yep. Yeah. You know, so I, I was quite wrapped in that. Well, you sort of look now, like obviously um, I think the Million Dollar Chase series was only, you know, two or three years old back then. You sort of look into what it's evolved now. It is such yeah. a hard series just to even make the final. He made yeah. the final at start 11, run 29.60 in his semi-final and come out and run second, run 29.48 himself behind good odds Harada. I think now you look back... And he got, bumped, and he got bumped out of the road through 100%, the first quarter. yep. You look back yeah. now at what the Million Dollar Chase has become and think, geez, that was a super effort from a young dog. Absolutely, yeah, that's right. He, he was never phased, you know, that sort of dog. He was never phased. He, he was on his toes, but he was never phased by the big... Uh, by, by the, um, you know, the big occasion, you know, like I said to someone, the only thing this dog can't do is read. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't, and, you know, that's always been my belief. They don't know how. I, you know, sometimes you'd say, oh, geez, you're putting him in there. And then uh, they'd say, oh, yeah, but uh, uh, he doesn't know that. And I think that he's up for the task, you know. Yep. Yep, absolutely. See, yeah. See, look at the look at the dogs that he beat in those races. You know, jeepers, creepers. Yep, hundred percent. No, he's only got beat, he only got beaten two lengths by Good Odds Arada, and and also he drew the crap box. He did. And, and he <laughs> I hate and six. He and he didn't fly out. You know. Yep. So, um, you know, because he only ran five forty three early, I think. So, you know, I thought he's. Um, 
and then he came back to Sandown and ran 29-20. Then he had an injury, a back injury, put his back out. Oh, like, right. Like we all do every now and again. And yep. he, didn't, he didn't race for quite a while, you know, because he actually had a crack in his pelvis. Oh, okay. Because he hit the deck, you know. Uh, some people don't know about dogs, you know, when they might have had a run and then whatever's happened, they skidded over and hit the deck and spread his legs out like a, like someone doing the splits. Yeah, right. Okay. Yep. Yep. What um, what was it like for you? You know, making a million dollar chase final. Like, you know, obviously it would have been fantastic to win it, but you know, I'm, I'm guessing it still would have been a big oh, thrill was, for you coming yeah. second with such a young dog. Oh, look, honestly, we thought we we're on cloud nine. You know, because Bob Cummings and me, we came to Sydney that night. You know, the funny part about it is the only thing is that happens is. Um, the, it's all about the winner, right? The winner, the winner, the winner. But you don't get any accolades for running second. Yep. You know what I mean? Like that is, um, someone might say, oh, yeah, oh, your dog was a good run. But, they, um, <laughs> you know, they don't say, they don't look into it like you just did, you know, based on, crikey, this dog's only 22 months old. He's a big lump of a dog, you know, and he's uh, been able to achieve that. When he was, um, you know, his first, and on that night he was thirty six point four kilos. So he he wasn't a midget, was he? No, definitely not. <laughs> no, yeah. and you know, like Wentworth Park too. It's not always the easiest track to be able to navigate if you're a big dog, oh, it's not. especially. Yeah. Well, in the run through, see, he was slow out. He was fourth out, and he did get into second place at the first corner, but he did get the bit of the. You know, he either got on the heels of good odds or or whatever. And um, and box six has never, ever been a uh, deluxe box, is it? No. No, I, I don't like it. I, yeah, no. I despise it. <laughs> I, I actually, I actually um, you know, when you put the colours down on the names of dogs, you know, they're black, they're brindle, they're blue, you know, whatever. I just said, oh, this one's green. I said, what do you mean it's green? I said, well, you might as well paint him green because he always gets the green right. <laughs> it is true with some dogs, though. They just, um, yeah, they just, I don't know, they're cursed with certain boxes and, you know, that's, right. that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got a little dog in the, uh, he won a heat of the Australian Cup the other night, you know, uh, that shimmer current. Yep. And we had another one in, but we had to scratch him because on the morning of the race, he he went a little bit silly, you know, overexcited, and he shoved his feet under the gate, and there must have been a little bit of wire sticking out, and it, it's taken the top off two of his toes. Oh, you know, no. The pin off, yeah. So, but he's okay. He's all right now. He's not limping around, but we couldn't get him over the table in time yeah. because... He would have been a real chance too, because he could break twenty nine seventy there at uh, the Meadows. Yeah, no, that's a shame. Hopefully, only a, a hopefully only temporary though. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, um, well, funnily enough. Those uh, Shimmer Current and uh, Shimmer Steel, they're out of two different bitches, and I bought I bought two out of each litter off uh, this Mick Carter, 
and, and people said, how come uh, you, they're out of that bitch? I said, well, I didn't have a bitch that I could breed with myself. I said, you know, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to uh, have had a couple of bitches like that are racing still now. One, one's called Here Comes Millie and the other one's called uh, Skinny Olive. And I think they might be out of that Brugolino. Yep. No, who's the mother of Exalted. Yep, yep. Because one, same litter. So once again, that proves my point about damn line. Yep, yep. Do you think, um, like, you know, and obviously having a sire yourself, a lot of people, um, if they talk to me about breeding, they'll only mention the sire and then I'll say to them, what bitch are we talking about? Like, they'll explain everything about the sire and why they don't like or, or like the sire. Um, yeah. And why the litter has done this. And I said, who's the mum? Like, sometimes people, I think, forget oh, that there's a mum. <laughs> well, I believe it's the most important aspect of all forms of breeding. Yep. You know, if you, if you don't find the damn line that's been uh, prolific all the way through their historical uh, lives... You know, the, the mum, the grandmum and the grand-grandmum and away you go and then the brothers and sisters. You know, sometimes you get one absolute freak dog and the rest of those dogs or pups aren't worth a pinch of salt. Yep. Well, they're not necessarily the right dogs to be going after. Yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, there's always exclusions and there's always reasons why sometimes some dogs, oh, this one didn't get there because it fell over and broke its neck or a snake bit that, bit it or whatever because I've lost a couple of dogs to snakes, you know. Yeah, yep. So have we. We live in suburbia and we've lost dogs to snakes. It's just, yeah. I don't like them. I've it's... got a very long handle shovel that I'm able to massage them with. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I must send you a picture of me snake wire fence. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. I just spent a lot of time uh, concluding the boundary of our dog runs and then right up in front of the dog runs, the little kennel block, and then further on up to the house so that if any snakes come up out of the drains, which they do, I can divert them. Say it says snakes not allowed and keep going. Yeah, Because even if they pop up and come out on the front lawn, ideally they're not going to come because the cars are vibrating on the road and uh, that, you know. So And 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 snakes, all they're doing is they're just following their food source, which is frogs and mice and what have you. Yep. Yep, that's mm. right. There, yeah. I, there was a dog there that we had. We sold him early, Shimmer Snake. Well, his he earned his name by catching a big brown snake. Crunch, he got it, and he got it behind the head about six inches or eight inches back, oh, and he wouldn't wow. let go, but he just kept munching, munching, munching. <laughs> right? But we were waiting, truthfully, he was about eight or nine months old. We were waiting for him to die. Because, you know, when a dog, we couldn't find a bite on him. But, uh, you know, generally uh, dogs grab the snake in the middle. Yep. And if they do, they get bitten because they fly around and get them, you know. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. Oh, well, yeah, yeah lucky, glad he survived. That was um. Yeah, that well, was he good. didn't get he, he survived only because he didn't get bitten. Yeah, yep. Mm. Yeah, no, that's um. Yeah, no, they're just they're terrible, and I know so many people have had trouble with them. So um, yeah, well, I think um, uh, George Ferrugia, you know George, don't yep. you? Yep. George had a couple of pups that he bought out of a litter of Bella Schumers, and I think he had two up at. Um, up at, uh, you know, the Zipping Man. Oh, um, Marty Hallinan. Marty Hallinan, yeah. Yep. And I think uh, two of them got bitten up there, bang, they're dead. Oh, and, she, and Shimmer Glow, last year she got bitten by a snake death and another pup at the same time at George Daly's. you just got to be and, so uh, careful. Ma- yeah. The mother of Shimmer Gurney Machine, she's got bitten by a snake and she was dead. Oh, God. So that's why I'm nuts over having a snake-proof yep. wire fence. Absolutely. You've got to put a white into it, but uh, I'll send you a picture so you can see it. Yes, please. That'd be great. Yep. Mm. No, definitely. Um so back to more positive things. Um, <laughs> let's talk yeah. about let's talk about the Group One Top Gun. So that was back on November in two thousand and twenty. Obviously, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, the Top Gun is a is a selection um, panel who yeah. decide who go into th- into the race. He drew yeah, well. He drew box two, which was good for a change. He didn't draw the six. Yeah. Didn't have the six. That's <laughs> yeah. right. How did you feel going into the race? Because obviously it was a very stacked field, you know, the likes of, you know, Tommy Shelby, Simon Told, Helen. But how were you feeling about his chances? Well, I thought he had a very good chance, but I was still, you know, in the uh, fingers crossed and I'm very hopeful, right? Yep. I wasn't wasn't able to go, wow, well, tonight's the night. You know, it didn't work like that because the field was a sensationally good field. You know, they weren't scrubbers in that race. You know, sometimes uh, the last Top Gun or the one before it, they might have been, I think, a little bit ordinary. But, um, you know, that's what happens. But, I, uh, you know, uh, they they say they only select the best dogs on the night. Well, in a way, they didn't because I don't think they selected Morton, did they? For the Top Gun. Oh, yeah. the Top Gun this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, Morton's in the... No, yeah, the Top Gun this year. He didn't get in it, I don't think. Um, when's the Top Gun usually ran? Uh, yeah, it would have been around November. Oh, wasn't he in it? Yeah, I, I remember. I mean, everybody always goes crook about. Um, they do. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I missed out and all this stuff. But that particular that particular race, you know, um, and was it again? It was uh, November 28, was it? Yeah. yeah, 2020. Yep. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just have a look here. Yeah, the dogs that were in it, like you said, Shimmy Shine, Simon Toll Allen, Christo Bale was a great dog, Tommy Shelby, oh, Mickey from Queensland. Yep. Honk, Catch the Thief, and I don't know Golden Knight, but it must have had form to get selected. But I, I, I didn't know much about that particular one, Golden Knight. Uh, yeah, I think he was a. Um, he had raced over here, but he was predominantly a South Australian. Yep. Interesting so, looking at his his mother is um his mother's that Golden Knight Hillary, which is uh Shell Knott's yeah. mother. So yeah, she <laughs> she threw all right there. 
There you go. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, once he got to the front, I knew they wouldn't be able to run him down. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. How How are you feeling? Um, you know, sort of knowing that you're well, about to you win a Top Gun. We weren't able to go because of COVID. Oh, that's we had to right. Watch it, it was on COVID. TV. Yeah. No, oh, we what a roaring, shame. We were roaring the place down, but uh, <laughs> we. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't get a chance to uh, to uh, soak up the uh, the pleasures of it. You know, it, yeah. was, it was George Daly on the dais with the dog. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah but, that's right. Oh, what a shame yeah. that is. Yeah, that's George. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but no, obviously, you know, like you said, you, you know, you had him from the start and, you know, brought him through and, yeah, to, to get a group one like the Top Gun, which has been won by some amazing dogs, I can only imagine right. yeah. how you yeah, felt. Well, you know, the, the level of dogs in the era that Shimmer Shine was racing, the top grade dogs, Australia-wide, they were fantastic. Yep. You know, they all the top grade dogs. There were no, um, they were no uh, question mark dogs amongst them. The whole lot of them, they were bloody really, really good. Yep, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and in those sort of races, throw the box draw around, and any one of them could have won it. Oh, definitely. That's what I, that's what I think. Except that it was time for uh, shine to shine. <laughs> Absolutely, and didn't he what? Yeah. And um, yeah, obviously, obviously after that, you know, it was just it felt like you know it was group race after group race he was contesting, and then you know yeah. had a sensational time when he went up to Brisbane and obviously took out that you know his next group one, which was that gold bullion final. Did you yeah, get a chance right. to yeah. go to that one? Uh, no, we couldn't go either. It's still COVID. The, mm. It was still COVID, and. Uh, you know, Mrs. Palaszczuk wouldn't let you in the gate. Oh, no. Actually, Robert Britton was there for the distance final, you know, the uh, you know the one that Val Policella won. Yep. Or, you know, that type of thing. He was there with one of those Tears dogs, and he went up to, he flew up to Brisbane, but even at the track, they wouldn't let him in the gate. Yeah, right. So it was virtually... Those races were run with no crowd. Yeah, what a shame. Yeah, what I know. a shame. That's terrible, yeah, isn't so it? So Robert Britton had to watch it in the you know the Breakfast Creek Hotel next door to Albion Park. <laughs> yep, had to watch it yep. in there. Oh, yeah, to watch it in there. Now that'd rip your heart out. Oh, that? shocking. Yeah. Mm. But again, you know, I know it's obviously not the same watching it on TV, but still must have been a, a great thrill because, you know, it's not easy going from, from Victoria up to, to Queensland and, um, you know, particularly I reckon it would have been even more challenging with COVID and, and all the rest. But, yeah, no, he won. Um, and, and considering the dog had never, uh, don't forget Chemishine never had seen the track. Yep, yep. He'd never been there. Uh, Tommy Shelby was there for a month. Yep. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Yeah. So that that's to me that spells the quality of a dog when they can go anywhere and race fast times and be first up on the track. You know, never seen the track. You know, so that really does spell out how good of a dog he was. Yep. As as a race dog. 
Yep. And he's even and he's even going to need to be better as, as a stud dog. Yep, hundred yeah, percent. Um, it's looking it's looking that way anyway. It's looking super promising. I I did a podcast with um with Darren um at, or, aka Ask the Breeder um and we we're sort of talking about you know um size coming through and that and look you know sometimes because there's so many around sometimes you just you know you don't forget about them but um you don't sort of come across them or or think about them as often as you probably should and I said to him I said Shimmershine has just he's just come leaps and bounds um and I think Saturday night you know he what his offspring did at the Meadows just proved that I mean Val Policello well, three, three winners three winners Saturday night yep. and if Mpunga Shine had to put his best foot forward he could have challenged the other dog for the uh you know, for the Tam Lee. Yep, 100%. And Val Policella, yep. arguably the best stayer in the country at the moment. I she's mean... A, she's a cracker, isn't she? Just And travelling, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah it's not easy to do, but she's travelling everywhere, she's winning everywhere, and yeah. I've actually bought, I've bought two of her pups out of the next litter. Well, I was going to say, he's done, he's done, um, Sandro's done a repeat mating um, yep. with the mum, so yep. I'm not sure, uh, are they a... Are they, have they been born yet? I think so. Yeah, they were born on the 1st of February. Ah, right. So he actually got seven, but one of the dogs died. I think he got four and three. Okay. And uh, he said to me, uh, they're available. And I said, well, you know, can I buy two of you? He said, yeah, you can. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I bought two of him and uh, I bought it. I've ended up, I've got a dog in a bitch. And he said, uh, do you want them to pick uh, or whatever? I said, no. I said, it's a lottery and I take whatever comes. And I said, uh, the special part I can perform is rearing them and handling them and breaking them in and turning them into race dogs. That is a great point. I've never picked a dog or one of it. No, I'm not saying I've had champions, but I've never gone and, and picked a dog out of a litter. I've just, they've, no. been, they've been like, oh, there's only one left. I'm like, that's fine. I'll take it. And, you know, most yeah. of the time it either turns out being the best one of the litter or is very yeah. talented because, like you just said, the rearing was yeah. good, the breaking the in was good. I've even said to people who live in suburbia, I said, listen, how big is your backyard? They said, oh, it's not a bad yard, it's this, that and something else. I said, well, make sure it's secure. I said, and, and take the pup home with you till it's six months old. And I said, and teach it to walk on the lead and go to the beach with it and take it to the paddock and this, that and what have you and feed it and uh, have it so that, you know, if you whistle it up, it'll come up to you at the back door and all this sort of thing. And I said... I have known over the years plenty of dogs or litters that were born in the backyard of suburbia that turned out to be really, really good dogs because they were never, ever scared of anything. Yep, yep. No, great point. If somebody is thinking of doing that, what what should they be doing in terms of, of you know, feed and, and nutrients and all the rest of it? Like, how should they approach it? Because I know some people, you know, because of the cost of rearing, and it's not just that, the availability, it's really hard to get in with people now, um, yeah, unless you book is. well in yeah, advance. Well, I, I just believe in feeding them good uh, meat or chicken, right? Yep meat or chicken, but the same food that you'd eat yourself. Yep. And uh, that doesn't mean you haven't bought a house steaks. <laughs> but you could you could still have, and we use we use uh, wholemeal bread, and we use calcium 
and cod liver oil. And yep. they say, what other vitamins do you give them? I said, nothing. I said, you know, fresh air, warm, dry and well fed is the recipe. Yep. Right? The recipe for success with young dogs and dogs all their lives. Warm, dry and well fed so that they're not standing in the slop and the mud and uh, there's no poo out there. You pick it up or you walk them and catch it and all that sort of stuff. Um See, I take I take Shine out. He never ever does a poo in the yard, right? I take yep. him out for the walk, and I've got my little pooey bag, right? <laughs> Good and job I in case up. someone from council's listening. <laughs> yeah, I, oh no, I pick it up and tie it up, and uh, and and dispatch it where it needs to be. Yep. And uh, you know, I carry that little uh, that little bag that you peel them off when. Yep. And uh, I don't. Have problem with that but, but it's funny even for a wee he doesn't like weeing in the backyard you know he might occasionally go over there and do a pee but mainly it's when I go out for a walk he'll have about he'll have 10 pees right and he has what you see when you see a dog relaxed he relaxes and lets it out you know so it's a good flow yep and a good colour yep <laughs> <laughs> Now, you were telling me before we um, sort of started recording that um, Chimashine's currently um, staying with you while George is away. And That's yeah, right. What, um, what does he get up to of a day? Because you said he's, uh, his sperm count's very good, so he's obviously living a, a pretty good life with yourself at the moment. He sleeps. <laughs> yeah, he sleeps. He doesn't, he never barks. He never carries on. Only oddly, he might go, ooh, you know, just does a little, you know, and said, won't be long, mate. You know, we'll go out for a walk soon. We'll wait for it to cool off a bit. Yep. You know, we're not, never go and walk them in the direct sun, you know, unless it was the winter time. But, you know, I always wait till it's uh, the sun is set so that uh, I've got a beautiful area where I live to walk in, you know, and I've got a beautiful paths and grassy strips and God knows what, you know. Everything you could wish for, and um, he just loves it, you know. And like when I go up in the morning, uh, some nights it's I always work out the night temperature. Will I put a lightweight rug on him? Because he's got carpet on his floor, and he's got his nice bed with a big mattress, and that <laughs> bed is his bed is two meters long and a meter deep front to back. Yep. And I've got that checker plate stripping on it so that he doesn't get the idea that he can have a chew on the wood. <laughs> oh, living his best life, isn't he? Yeah, get, keep his, he's a funny bugger now. He won't chew a bone. So I had his teeth cleaned the other day at uh, Des Fagan, the vets. Yep. And uh, immediately, you know, he crunches into his tucker really well, you know. He lo- I like the meat to be chunky meat, not to be uh, mince. Yep. Because mince, they lap it up and they it's not the same, whereas by feeding them chunky meat, it makes their stomach work, you know, because they have to digest it and turn it into uh, muscle-growing protein into their bodies. Yep. Mm. Yeah, right. Yep. No, no. And occasionally I might buy a rotisserie chicken and break it all up and give him half, you know, yep. that might be just for a change. <laughs> mm. or, oh. or, or fish. No, he deserves it. 
He deserves yeah. it. No, lovely. Now, I know we've obviously, um, you know, we touched on Val Policella, um, you know, and what she's done. But, uh, you know, for anyone that doesn't know, he's also the, the dad of um, Mpunga Sean that we spoke about, Nengar Larry, who's made the, the Bull Eye Gold yes. Cup final yeah. next week. Yeah. Um, Big Susie, um, another... <clears throat> excuse me, another good stayer. Um, we mentioned, you know, Shimmer Current, Shimmer Steel, um, you know, the likes of Royal Nenga, Spread the Load. I mean, it's, you know, considering he hasn't had, you know, the, the volume of bitches that some of the other sides have had, it's the quality that he's producing. And I think people are really starting to take notice of that. That's right, exactly. Well, as you know, it uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a numbers game. Yeah, but uh, I've I've found that uh, you know I'm I'm get, I'm getting quite excited about how good they're starting to go. You know, like even a dog last night, I thought oh, I I gave away this straw, um, and uh, it's a dog. Uh, there's two of them in the litter that I know about that I think I've got a bit of a, a share in them because they send me a check every now and again. Um, uh, the dog's name was Bagman, and the other one is Bo Rhapsody. Yeah, right. Yeah, yep. so they're all there. So, you know, on that Greyhound Recorder website, when you look up uh, the best progeny, yep. right, so obviously Val Policella is sitting on top <laughs> with $400,000 in the bank, Mpunga Shine, Nangar, Larry, Susie. There's that dog exploded. It's a, it's a good stayer too. Yep. And then we've got Current Steel and that black tsunami. He looked like being a real, he's about 40 kilos, you know. He is, yep. He's a yep. big boy, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Royal Nangar's been a handy dog. He has, yep. Yeah. No, definitely. And then we've got another one too called Stripe. He goes all right too. But he's just a bit weak. But like I said to you, that one wild jazz last night. Yep. She broke the record at. Um, uh, at sale, yep, and and the people who race at sale, they live in that area. It's very very competitive. Oh, hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah, yep. there was another one that uh, Dennis Barnes had. I don't know really what happened to her because I knew she ran twenty nine six at twenty. Miss McGraw. Yep, yep. No, I haven't. Um, yeah, I haven't seen her for a little bit. I'm not sure. Yeah. Not sure what happened to her, but um, the you know Dennis Barnes and, and his family syndicate they've been quite good supporters of of Shimmer Shine. I noticed they've got quite a few litters by him. Yep, well they can reach. They why do you see they're easy to break in? They just chase, bang, you know, no mucking around. Yep, that's also, what you Also, um, well, you know that dog we mentioned him before, Kenya All Class. Yep. Well, he is going to be a Group One winner, isn't he? Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Not many dogs. Nine fifty-six yeah. at the Meadows, and he's run home time eleven ninety-eight. I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you feel when you're watching them? Are you a bit like a proud dad, you know, watching all of his well, pups win and run fast well, times? No, I, I get excited. It's like athletes, you know, because they are athletes. I just love seeing them. Oh. God, this dog cannot go. Look at it. <laughs> so the other thing that turns a, an ordinary dog into a really good dog is how smooth they are in their galloping action. Yeah. You know, some dogs are all... See, Nengar Larry early on, he was all over the shop, wasn't he? He threw his legs around. He might still do it a bit, threw his legs around everywhere. 
So once he settles into the gait that suits his body, you know, you'll see. Uh, I really think that he'll he'll win a real big race one of these days, Nango Larry. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, it was a, a fabulous run last night. Um, you know, what was uh, it was point oh six or point oh seven zipping Megatron was off the record, and you know, he he sort of stuck with him. So it was yeah, a fantastic That's run right. to run yeah, second. Yeah. yeah, and he got track wide. Yeah, didn't he, a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I was also saying to you before about, you know, how how many amazing um, bitches either shimmer shines, either got pups on the ground, now they've just had pups or, or pups mm-hmm. to come through, just like, you know, running through a couple. Um, ice Cream Story, of course, you know, she was a, a yeah, fabulous yeah, stayer. Yeah, what's that lady's name? Jones. Michelle Jones, yep. Yeah, yeah, she was selling some of them too, wasn't she? Yeah, I did see some for sale, but... Um, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. a They'd be big bucks, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, there's also Poco Dorado, who, of course, um, through the group oh, one. Has, has he got her, has he? Yep. So Shimmer Shine, Poco Dorado. Um, I think oh. they were born not long ago. Um, a friend, a friend of ours has got um, has got Poco. So yeah, I can't remember exactly how many they there were, but yeah, she's um, yeah, she's got, got a a litter of New shimmers. Ta- New South Wales don't publish the litter. Quantities, do they? They do, but it takes them a while. <laughs> it takes oh, them. It know, takes I them quite a while. They'd get aligned uh, to the, you know, it's a political thing, isn't it? Is that D and P syndicate? It is. It is. Oh, yep. Turn Gabby. Turn Gabby's down here, isn't it? Uh if if it's in Victoria, but they were bred in New South Wales, so they have right. to. They'd have to be. Yeah, lodged lodged up here, yeah, but I can't yeah. remember how many she had. But she did have a few. Um, but well, she would have had them on the third of January. Yep, yep. I'm trying. So to how many did you get for me? Um, I'm trying to think how many there were. I'll have to. I'll find out and let you know. Yep, okay. I'll find out and let you know because I was very excited mm-hmm. when they're bought. Mm-hmm. They were born. Um, Saldana, of course, who's the yeah, mum of Val Kutcher. Yeah, they'd be just over a month old now. Yes, and doing fantastic as well, I've been told. Sure. So that's, um, yeah, that'll be a mating to... Was Poco a little black bitch? No, she was the fawn stayer that Minnie, uh, Minnie Finn trained. Um, yeah. She was just fabulous. And her, and her mother was a cracker too, wasn't she? Uh, who was her mother? I'll just click on it and have a look. I can't remember. Oh, yes, Chica Destacada. Of course she was. Yep. Yeah. She was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Should have known that. There's another nice bitch there too, Karinga Lucy. Was she the good Queensland bitch? Yes. Yep. Yep, the Northfields breed. So there's um there's another another yeah, good we'll one. See, that's, yeah, that's uh, she. That uh, Karinga Lucy's out of Mitt Charlie Mia. Yep. So they were dogs here. Yeah. Yep. Oh. And then the Saldana, of course, who's Val Policella's mum and the, the repeat yeah. mating. You've got right. Good Odds Emma, the Group 1 Dapto Megastar winner. You've got Guiding Light, who's Simply Limelight's mum. Um, she's gone yeah. to Shimmer as well. So, I mean, yeah. there's plenty There's plenty you can put in the black book now to keep an eye on. Yeah. Oh, well, I've got to stay alive, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, jeez. No, you've uh, you, you've you've lightened up my light. <laughs> you've turned on my light now. Um, 
without a doubt, Dimity. You know, I'm, I'm absolutely wrapped that those people have gone down that pathway because everybody who's had them up till now, they said, geez, they could do if you break in the keen as mustard. Yep, yep. You know, so and, I just, and that's I just so, hope, that, yeah. hope they look after them. And that's sort of what, you know, uh, like a dog like Val Policella, because of her profile now and she's, you know, winning and getting so much attention, what do yeah. people do? They look up the breeding straight away and go, oh, Shimmer Shine. Well, you know, I'll, I'll go to him. A lot of people, that's their way of thinking and everyone wants a good well, stayer. What their way of thinking always is they always, the breeders always sit on the fence and wait until something hits the line by. Yep. Yeah, yep, so absolutely. Just Lady Gaga to sing the next song. <laughs> that is a very, that's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, I, I love her. I reckon she's great. She is fantastic. She is just, yeah, she is so talented. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah no, I, like it. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. Probably just to finish off, I, I know you've you've spoken about, um, you know, your experience and the rearing side of it and everything, but for anyone that's listening, whether they want to be a breeder themselves or, um, you know, divulge into just being an owner, is there one piece of advice you can, you can leave people with that's just really helped you over the years succeed? Well, I would say that probably the best thing is to research you know, read, research, look at the posts. Don't believe everything you read because some people always say, oh, it's out of this and they reel off a damn line. But you can research it if you follow Fast Track or if you follow the Greyhound Recorder progeny records or, or um, you know, their, um, the template of this particular dog and the damn lines. My, my one would be always follow the dam lines. Yep, good right? point. Because the dam lines are just as important a dog as well as the bitch in question. Yep, absolutely. Yep, and I and think... It, 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 it's almost like saying, Dimity, it takes two to tangle. Yeah, exactly. Or, or two to tango. Yep. So if you follow, if you follow, but the number one part of it always is... What was the damn line of the sire? What was the damn line of the mother? Yep. No, good point. Yep. Yeah. No, definitely. And that's... And then, and also, warm, dry and well fed. Yep. Yep. It sounds so... It, well, it is. It is simple. Like, yeah, it's... And when you say, oh, I bought a pup and it's being reared at such and such and I went up there last month and I saw it, I said, you've got to do a bit more than that. You've got to go and see your dog every two weeks and with permission of whoever might be rearing it, get it out, put it on a lead and walk it around the paddock and kneel down beside it and put your arms around the dog so the dog will get your smell like an old guy told me in Ireland years ago, he said, David, we'd be spitting on them. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, every puppy we have, we handle it in a way whereby I spit on my hand and wipe the dog's mouth across the mouth, you know, not... And if you do that, the dog will be able to that you're not scared of them and they're not scared of you because they get to know you. Dogs know you by smell. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Yeah, no, that's a really yeah. good point, actually. It's, yeah, 
Yep. I've never failed to do it in the last 30 years. Yep. I'm still spitting on them today. <laughs> Not literally for anyone that's no, freaking well, you, out. You, you can <laughs> put a bit of saliva on your hand yep. and you can wipe, as I say, wipe them across the mush. Yeah, so that, right. You know, when you want to give a dog a worm tablet or a flea tablet or whatever, you have to open the dog's mouth and hold the upper jaw and you put your hand in their mouth over their tongue to make sure that the tablet... Yep. Right, yep. so if they get to know your smell, they'll just about open their mouth for you. Yep, great point. Yep to touch on the the breaking in process um i know a lot of people are, are sort of turning to to doing it themselves or doing you know a yeah. part of it because it is so hard to get into breakers but yeah like how you know just can you what just do we do we yeah. do it simple we just uh, we've got our own ball ring right and uh we just introduce them to the bull ring and get them to run around the bull ring chasing the the arm but not the arm. We have it dragging along the ground. You know, we've got a hollow tube with a rope and with our dummy law dragging along the ground. And um, every pup we get to go at that early age, yep. at five months of age. Yep. Right. And we just keep doing it once a month. And then as they get a bit older, well, these um, feral Frankies, we're already doing box work with them. Right, and we've yep. got uh, we've got three out of the six coming out of the box like rockets. Yeah, nice. Right, so and grabbing the arm, you know, like grabbing the dummy lure and not won't let go. Grab. Arm. <laughs> right, so, yeah, so you know, the, it's natural for them. It's a natural thing for a greyhound to chase. You know, they're sight and sound hands hounds, and uh, it's just a matter of getting them watching carefully what you're doing and what each individual dog does. You know, you've got to – because they're all a little bit different. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So basically we do it like that and then we might uh, progress up the road to my mate's place and he's got a recirculating lure on a straight. You know, it's a plastic bag on a string and it goes up on the string and it goes around the wheel and comes back on a loop. Right, and that's about 200 metres, and then we might go to another guy who's got a drag lure. I love the drag lure along the ground. Yep. You know, because it's natural for them to be chasing down onto the ground. Yep. yep. So basically that's as far as we go with them. We might take them to sand down and give them a hand slip at the winning post and just take them 200 metres, that's all, and then it's in the trailer and down to dailies. Yep. Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah, Bob Cummings is very important in that and rearing of the dogs. Mm -hmm. Bob, the silent one in the background, we don't, he loves the dogs to death. And uh, Bob and I have been a successful team in breeding and rearing and breaking them in ourselves. And I firmly, uh, uh, I knew Daly's for a long time, but um, Daly's first about Chimagoony, right? Yep. And they said, I'd like to have a go at Chimagoony. So I said, okay, well, we'll uh, see how it goes. And uh, ever since then, I couldn't say or speak more highly of them. They Both Tom and George and even the team at Daly, Andrea and Corey and 
Josh and whoever else is there at the time. Whatever happens, they've always got time to talk to you. There's never, ever an argument or argue about the toss. I said, Tom, it's in your hands. You do whatever needs to be done. Yep. So, in yep. other words, never make suggestions, oh, we should do this, we should do that. Just every now and again, I might just say, look, Tom, I think I might sell a couple of them. He said, oh, well, uh, not yet. I've got to win a few more races with them. <laughs> but I said, well, as soon as you're ready, if you want to, as soon as you're ready, because I like to, uh, I just sold, as I said, two bitches, Shimmer Deb and Shimmer Stella. Uh, they are Bernardo ones. They can run, you know, but I'm quite happy for people to get them and they can breed with them. I didn't yep. want to breed with them because I said I've got Elle McPherson there, Shimmer Pearl. <laughs> yeah. Yep. See, I've got a feral Frankie litter. Uh, I'll be very surprised if they're not good. And and again, he's he's another one that's gone really good, so I'm, I'm not surprised why you chose him. Yeah, yeah. He's no, gone he was, super. Well, he, was, he was the crowd's favourite Well. Oh, absolutely. Yep, 100%. He just, he had such a fan club. He, he certainly did. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Greyhound Girl podcast and for your ongoing support of not only this podcast, but of Greyhound racing in general. Remember, you can follow Dimity at the Greyhound Girl on Facebook.